Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 117 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. And in this week's episode, I'm excited to bring you some details on how you can get traffic from sources other than Google. Yes, sites like Bing, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, other search engines that are out there. And after doing research for this episode, I was excited to see how much traffic actually does come from other sources. So this is a great opportunity to get some free organic traffic from sites other than Google. So that's going to be the main topic of conversation today. And thanks, Jeff, for the idea for this week's episode. But before we get into the main content section for today, I wanted to talk quickly about where we are in the timeline for this year. This is the October episode, and it's going to go live just before Halloween. And with that, we have a lot of things coming up, as I'm sure you know. It's the holiday season just around the corner. We're going to have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then the Christmas shopping season. So if you have any websites that have any retail component whatsoever, if things potentially ramp up around the holiday season, you may get some additional sales and things that you can capitalize on. Now is the time to be preparing that content, building that content, pulling, putting any guides together. A lot of things I suggest if you have websites that do have retail components or you're promoting products products, what you might be able to do is create a buyer's guide for your particular niche. And what always comes to mind is Dirk's site about drones. So if you have some new drones that are coming out, some drones that typically may go on sale, there might be some Black Friday deals, or just in general, people might be purchasing drones more during this time of year than they would at any other time during the year. You can build a buyer's guide to help people figure out for different budgets what people might want to buy. So if you're in the under $50 range, over $100 range, and maybe people want really high-end drones, to have HD cameras and all the best recording audio and things like that. You could have different price ranges for different customers that you might have, but all that sort of stuff is what you want to be working on now to help maximize that potential revenue for the holiday season. And you probably know if you have your website out there for any length of time for more than a year, you probably know if you're going to have a spike in sales around that time. Some of the things you can focus on, maybe you're disappointed that you didn't get as many sales as you wanted because you didn't prepare last season and you weren't really thinking about that, now's the time to be really putting all of that in place. And if you have a brand new website or this is your first holiday season and you're not quite sure, be thinking about some of that. Think about some of the guides that you might be able to create, even if it's just a one or two page PDF guide to help somebody navigate the niche you're in. So hey, these are some of the items that are really hot right now in this niche. You might want to check them out. If you haven't really spent a lot of focus on building your email list, this could be a great way to get started. Create that one or two page freebie to give folks to subscribe to your list that they can learn more information about the products and products that are really hot right now in your niche and things that you can just provide to your customers to add value and to really jumpstart things for the holiday season ahead. And along those same lines, what I'm going to do is always around this time of year, as you probably know, a lot of different tools in internet marketing and affiliate marketing do come on sale at this time of year. Typically, you'll see a lot of deals between Black Friday and Cyber Monday for things like web hosting 
branding, uh, domain names, training programs, tools that you might use. So what I'm going to be doing is building a page that's going to house any deals that I come across that I think you guys will want to take advantage of. I'm going to put it all in one page, easy access for you guys. And as new deals come in, I will add them. And if things expire or there are limited number of people to sign up, I know specifically for GetResponse, who I use for email service provider in my email list, they typically do deals when they do deals, they're limited to the first you know, 100 or 500 or 1,000 people. And then once they get the number of signups for that discount, then that deal ends. So if any deals do end, I will remove them or cross them out so that you know they're gone. So to make things real easy for you guys, you can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash Black Friday. And that'll be the short URL that you can go to directly and it'll show you all the deals there. It's not going to be just limited to Black Friday. So if any deals come out sooner, I will certainly put them on that page and it'll extend through Cyber Monday and really for as long as these deals remain active. So be thinking about some of those things. If you wanted to do a training program or if you've wait, been waiting for a particular tool, you're hoping for a better deal, or if you haven't yet signed up for hosting or if you have some ideas for domain names, be thinking about that because real soon there's likely to be some great deals on those and they're limited time offers. Usually they're usually for two or three days or right between uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So it's usually a, you know, a three or four day deal. And it's a great time to pick up some products or services at a deeply discounted rate. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks, but I will make that page live now. So if you go to nichesitetools.com forward slash Black Friday, that page will exist. It's going to be a placeholder. And as the deals start coming out, I will be adding them to that page. And the other best way to find out about deals as soon as they come out is to be on my email list. You can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe and you'll instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide, my seven simple SEO tips guide. You'll get new posts as soon as they come out as far as podcast episodes, go blog posts, things like that. And anytime deals do come out that are really great deals on products that I use or recommend, I will send those out to my email subscribers. They're typically limited time deals, so it doesn't make sense to do a whole post or podcast episode about them many times, but they will go out to my email subscribers and that's the way you can stay in tune. You can get those deals as soon as they happen and take advantage of any specials as they come up. So again, nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe. And with that, we'll go ahead and get right into the main content segment for this week. As I mentioned, today's topic is all about getting some free organic traffic from sources other than Google. You certainly want to focus on Google, get as much traffic as you can from there because that is the largest source of traffic as far as search engines go. But much to my surprise, I didn't realize that search engines like Bing and Yahoo actually do get a large portion of search engine traffic. And I learned a lot about ranking factors that can make it much easier for you to rank on those other search engines. So I'm really excited to bring you that information today. Again, thanks to Jeff for suggesting that topic. He reached out to chris at nichesitetools.com, which is the email address you can send to me directly. If you have any suggestions for topics and things like that, that is the best place to reach me. And in most cases, I would say probably 80, 85% of the time, if you make a suggestion and I think it's going to benefit a big portion of the audience, I will do an episode about that. So definitely open to that. Reach out anytime, chris at 
at nichesitetools.com goes directly to me. I will read all of them and I will take them into strong consideration. So when it comes to search engines, all of you probably know that Google is the 500 pound gorilla in the room. Certainly they're the biggest search engine and anytime they make changes, you certainly hear about it, whether it's in the form of like recently, they had changed their algorithm specifically in regards to healthcare or health related websites, health and wellness and finance. And what happened recently is they're trying to award more authority and to give most of the traffic to folks that are experts in the area. Because obviously if you have a health concern and you're looking up information about health, they want that information to be valid. They, you know, you you wouldn't want to take advice from someone who is a charlatan or is just trying to make money by promoting a product when really they don't have any expertise in the area and it could do you more harm than good. So they want to reward sites like WebMD or other sites from doctors that have authority and years in the field. Whereas somebody that's just starting out or doesn't have a lot of authority, doesn't have a lot of backlinks, doesn't have a lot of references as far as their content goes, they don't have links, people linking to them. All those things were factored into their most recent algorithm change. So recently, a lot of health and wellness sites and finance sites, if they were newer websites and they didn't have a lot of authority or they didn't have a lot of long form content, could have been penalized. And I've heard from at least one person in the community that uh, does have a health and wellness related website, and he did see a traffic drop as a result of that. And I've listened to some podcast episodes on the topic, and a lot of folks do recommend that unless you are an authority in one of those particular niches, so finance or health and wellness currently, a lot of people people do mention right now in that environment that you do want to be aware of that. It may take you a lot longer to build up your authority and to build up your trustworthiness. And it may be more difficult in those two niches currently to get your content to rank higher, to get that traffic you're looking for, and eventually to convert that traffic into revenue and sales. So think about that. And these types of topics when it comes to Google happen very often as you've known over the years if you've done this for any length of time. There's constantly Google algorithm changes where they're trying to use more artificial intelligence and they're using, you know, they have big data, obviously, thousands and thousands of servers out there that can crunch numbers and calculate these algorithms. And they're doing it a lot more on artificial intelligence. So it's not actually people saying, going out there and looking and saying, hey, this site should rank higher than this particular site. And, you know, one person or a group of people's ideas are taken into consideration. Certainly up front, that's what a lot of this was based off of when their algorithms come out. They actually have teams of people that do go out there and give different factors to different websites, but then all that gets pumped into their big data and then their algorithms and their artificial intelligence will figure out what some of the best websites out there and the algorithm will change, rankings will change and people's positions on Google will change as a result of that data. All that to say a lot of this happens behind the scenes and it happens automatically once they you know go to put something in place. All their machines take over and then this algorithm change will come out. It will be tweaked over time. So over the course of a couple of weeks, you may see rankings and things like that fluctuate a bit for a week or two as things do stabilize over time. But a lot of changes do happen pretty often. So something that you're ranking well for today could completely change tomorrow and things like that. So a lot of times it seems like despite your best efforts and everything that you're doing to help things rank, to help put out great content, things may be outside of your control 
control and it can be easy to get frustrated with Google when that happens. Sometimes in the past, I have been rewarded for that. So it's not always a negative thing. If they're cleaning up spam sites, I think, you know, back years and years ago, you could easily rank a spam related website, looked terrible, had all sorts of, you know, thousands of backlinks that were through paid products, just really shady practices. And those websites would rank higher than yours. So there was a time when a lot of those websites were penalized and that would result in more traffic for your website. So the point behind a lot of their changes is they want to reward the sites that have longevity, that have experts out there, that have great content that meets the needs of their customers. But in a lot of cases, especially when those new algorithms do come out, a lot of well-meaning folks out there with great content just get penalized for whatever reason. So it is, it can be very frustrating to just deal specifically with Google when it comes to that traffic. So today's topic, I think, is something really everybody should pay some attention to. And I wouldn't say to focus 100% of your efforts about on what we're going to talk about today, but do spend some time. Within an hour or two, you can probably take care of the majority of things that can help you rank that we're going to talk about today on sites like Bing and Yahoo and other search engines. And there's a lot of on-page SEO that you can do that used to be relevant for Google, but is no, no longer relevant, but is still very relevant for Bing and Yahoo. So we're going to talk all about that today. I'm going to give you actionable tips. I'm going to tell you exactly what helps you to rank on Bing and Yahoo. I'm going to tell you how to get ranked, how to get indexed in Bing and Yahoo. And this is all relatively easy stuff. So the good part is a lot of this will be in your control. This is These are things you can do to help you move up the ranks of Yahoo and Bing, and it'll bring in more free traffic and it'll have you less reliant on Google. Certainly Google's still going to be the majority of where traffic comes from and you want to focus on that. But this is going to be some new information today that you can put into place in the next week and hopefully see some better results as we go along. So real quick, before we get into the how to rank in other search engines, I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why it's worth your effort. And after doing the research for this episode, I definitely think it is. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that. And why is that the case? As of the July 2018 data, 35% of desktop search comes from a combination of Bing and Yahoo. That's 35%. Sure, 63% still comes from Google, but I'm going to guess that you probably didn't know 35% of desktop searches come from Bing and Yahoo. And when I say 35% of traffic, I'm referring to US-based desktop traffic. So if you're in different countries, if you're focusing on different countries, you can find the same type of stats for various other countries out there. If you do some searches, you'll find that information. But specifically, we're talking about US desktop traffic here. And the remainder of the traffic, as far as there's a couple other percent out there that split between some of the other major search engines. And I did specifically look, ask.com has 1% and DuckDuckGo, which Jeff mentioned, which is a more secure search engine. They pride themselves in not using tracking cookies and keeping your information anonymous. The traffic for DuckDuckGo at last check was 0.74%. So while it's not a big portion of traffic, they have increased their traffic as folks have become more security conscious. DuckDuckGo is becoming a little bit more popular, but it's still really low as far as traffic-wise goes. But some of these steps that we're going to give a little bit later in the episode may help you rank for those other search engines as well. And one thing to note, everything that we're talking about here today is going to be relevant on both Bing and Yahoo, primarily because Yahoo's search engine traffic has been powered by Bing for a number of years. So the vast majority of all their search results are being powered by Bing. So what we're talking about here today is going to apply to both Bing and Yahoo. So we're going to collect just refer to this. Everything on this episode today is going to help you on both of them.
those locations. So that's a really good portion of traffic. And in addition to having 35%, the people that go to Bing and Yahoo are generally different and in a good way. So here's some actual data about who are the people that are actually using Bing and Yahoo more. The audience is not the same as Google. They tend to spend more money online and they tend to be a little bit older. According to recent Comscore audience study, which I'm just going to read the actual data here, that, and I'll link to the post in the show notes, which will be nichesitetools.com forward slash 117 for this episode, and I'll have the references where I got all this data. But the bottom line is that they are college graduates and graduate school students, mature age group of those 35 and older, slightly more women than men, households with children generally, and households with income more than 75k per year. So despite Google's dominance in the U.S. search market, it is Microsoft's Bing service that leads in terms of longer search queries as well. So be thinking slightly older folks, college educated, good household incomes, families, people with children, things like that. So be thinking about in terms of your particular niches, how you might be able to capitalize on that. And I'm just going to go a step beyond that and think think in terms of being a technology type guy, why would folks use Bing and Yahoo over Google when they had a choice? And I believe the main reason that people do use Bing or Yahoo is because it comes on most Windows PCs. So by default, if you don't know enough to go out there and install Chrome or Firefox or whichever browser you prefer, you're going to be using either Microsoft Edge on Windows 10 or Internet Explorer that comes by default in the default search engine for those because Microsoft owns it and owns Microsoft Windows is they're going to point you to Bing because that's their search engine that makes sense. So if you don't know any better, you're going to automatically be using Bing and you may not even know it. So your search results, everything that you do as far as search goes is going to be directed to Bing. So if that works for you, great. But if you're more tech savvy, you're probably used to your own browser. So you may install Chrome, Firefox. If you're using a Mac, you're going to probably use Safari or you're going to install Chrome on there. But those aren't the people we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is a lot of, in most cases, people are going to get computers or have computers, maybe older computers, and they're just used to whatever browser comes up. They just go on the internet, they go about their way, and they don't care what, you know, as long as it works, they may not even really know or care what browser they're using. They just go online and they go about their business, and that's the way it is. So we know a little bit about the people that utilize Bing and Yahoo more than they would Google, so that's all good news. And in addition to that, traffic converts better on on Bing and Yahoo. For Bing and Yahoo, 20% of traffic converts, and for Google, it's 16.5%. So that's a pretty big difference. So as far as conversions go, whatever the conversion might be, it might be to get people to just take some action. So it could be to click through your ad, could be to sign up for your email list, it could be to make that sale. But traffic on Bing and Yahoo converts 20%, where Google is 16.5%. So not only is the traffic slightly older, they're educated, they have good disposable income. They're generally families with children, but also the traffic converts better. So when people do find your link on Bing and Yahoo, it's more likely to result in a convergence. So that's great news as well. So these are all great reasons to want to take advantage of that traffic. And in addition to that, it's much easier to compete with Bing and Yahoo because there's less folks out there competing for that traffic. So all that was really good news. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that much desktop 
desktop search traffic. And that's especially relevant if your site gets a lot of desktop searches. And that's something you can check in your Google Analytics stats. And the last time I checked, I know that I had more than 65% of people visiting my site were from desktop versus mobile, at least on nichesitetools.com. I have some other websites where they're more mobile oriented and people come more from mobile websites. So if your website is 100% focused on mobile conversions and people would generally come to your site via mobile or the trend has been, you know, you go from 50% now up to 90% of people come on mobile. You probably don't want to spend a ton of time doing this, but if you do have any amount of desktop traffic, which I believe really most of us do, probably 20% or more. And in my case, I know last I checked a couple of months back, it was over 60, 65% of the traffic to niche site tools specifically does come from desktop. That it makes sense to 100% focus a little bit of time and effort on this. Again, it's not going to take a long time. And if you've had a website for any length of time, you may already be ranking on Bing and Yahoo without putting a lot of effort into it. And a lot of the things that you used to do with Google to help you rank are now new again. So everything old is new again. A lot of the things that you may have done in the past that you might have stopped doing because Google didn't pay a lot of attention to it can be relevant here. So let's get right into those actual actionable tips you can do today to help you rank higher on Bing and Yahoo. So I'm going to give you seven tips or tidbits on things that can help you rank better on Bing and Yahoo. And I'm just going to go through them here for you now. And the first one is very similar to something you'd go and do on Google to make sure that your site is indexed. You would head over to Bing and then in the search box, you would type site colon and then your website. So in my case, site colon nichesitetools.com. And if you see a lot of your posts and pages on there, that means you're already ranking and you're already indexed in Bing and Yahoo. So that's a good sign. So if you've had content out there for any length of time, most likely you're going to see some of your content out there. So that's a good thing. Scroll through that real quick, see how much content of yours is already ranking. And I created a new website recently. I was interested in playing with some gadgets. I got some new um, noise canceling headphones from Sony that are really great. And I've been playing with some inexpensive security cameras for my house. And I got back into the idea of gadgets and I really wanted to create a website around some gadgets something that I used to do when I first started out. I had a personal blog where I was posting about, I think I've mentioned this many times, about different cell phones, video games, things that I was into when I started this all, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. When I got started doing this, that's what I was doing. I was blogging about, you know, everyday things, and that was one thing that I was really focused on. And once I got to playing with these really cool gadgets recently, I was like, you know, I'd really like to create a website around that, focus on some gadgets as I purchase gadgets or come across things that I think are really cool. I'll create a little website around that. So I did that a couple of weeks ago, registered a domain name and I've been playing with different themes. And since this is a new website within the last three to four weeks, I went out there and I did see some information on Bing, but I did not see everything. So I only posted a couple of articles and they only have 30 or 40 words right now. So they're just kind of placeholders. I just wanted to get some content out there so I can play around with the theme and things like that. So some things were out there indexed and some things were not. So that's why you're going to want to take this second step. And the second item is to actually log in to Bing Webmaster Tools, similar to the old Google Webmaster Tools, which is now called Google Search Console. Bing has its own Webmaster Tools. So what you'll do is create a free account, log in to your Bing Webmaster Tools, and then you'll add any websites that you have. So if you have more than one website, put every website out there and make sure that it has an entry in there. And then what you'll do is you'll want to submit your sitemap so that Bing knows all about every piece of content that 
that you have on your website. And if you're using Yoast SEO or any of the other main SEO type plugins out there, you're most likely already going to have a sitemap. And what that URL typically is, it's going to be your website forward slash sitemap.xml. And you want to make sure that you already have one before you go to submit it on Bing. So you want to head over to your website, so nichesitetools.com forward slash sitemap.xml. And that will usually be what your sitemap is for your website. And if you go to that URL and you see information out there, chances are that is your sitemap and it'll probably show a different date. Let me scroll over real quick and I'll see what mine shows. And yes, it says XML sitemap index and you can see when the different pages and different content were updated and it shows the date of my last podcast episode at the end of September was the last update to that. So that shows all of your content there. You don't need to worry about as long as you have one there and it looks like it contains a lot of data and it's as the most recent updates that you posted to your website, most likely your sitemap is up to date and it's current. So then you can go ahead and submit that to Bing and then what that's gonna do is it's gonna give Bing a location of all of your content, all your posts, all your pages so it doesn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. It's going to go out there and it's going to ping all those different pages and then it's going to index that content for you. And then what you're going to want to do after you submit that sitemap is check back in a couple of weeks and if a lot of your content is not currently indexed or ranking in Bing and Yahoo, once they do go out there and crawl your website, then over time more of your content will start to be indexed and then you'll hopefully see that added benefit of additional organic traffic from Bing flowing into your website also. Another good thing in Bing Webmaster Tools, similar to Google, is that it'll tell you if your website has any errors or if there's any things that it doesn't like about your website that you could fix. Those will be right there in the Bing Webmaster Tools. I found one error that was showing up on Niche Site Tools, and it was about a 404 error. So it was a page that it had indexed previously that no longer existed on my website, and it was complaining about that. So I went out there, I used Pretty Link to point to for that old URL that no longer existed. I pointed that to more relevant content and then that error went away. And then you can go in there and fix those errors and that'll help you rank higher over time in Bing. So that's all good stuff. And item number three is on-page SEO is important. And of course, it's still important on Google as well. But a lot of the things over time that you would do previously sort of diminish in value over time on Google. So what am I talking about here? We're talking about optimizing your title for keywords, your descriptions, H1, H2 tags, all those things that were really popular way back in the day are still really relevant when it comes to Bing. So many of these things you might already still be doing. So when you create headings, H1, H2 tags, that just means the text is bigger. So when you have a um, subheading or a heading within your article that identifies different sections of your article, that's where you use H1, H2 tags. So when you do that, you want to make sure you include some relevant keywords. Don't do keyword stuffing and things like that, but do things that would add value and separate different sections of your article to help people navigate your content. All things you're probably already still doing for Google. It's just something to pay extra attention to and make sure you are doing here. So when you're including images in your articles, make sure you're naming those images, something to do with the keywords on that article so it can help Bing determine what those images are referring to. All the things you're 
already used to doing, just make sure you pay extra attention to the title, to the descriptions, to those tags that you're using. When you do the description of your article that it appears in the search engine underneath your link, make sure you're using relevant keywords in there and that it describes exactly what the customer is going to see so that when they click through the article, they get the information they were looking for. It wasn't deceptive or anything like that. So really a lot of these are things you're probably already doing. And one other thing I was about to spend some additional time on that I got some conflicting information just now as I was looking something up quickly is the idea of meta keywords. And if you use Yoast SEO, you probably don't even have this option anymore. But if you're not using Yoast SEO, you may still have the option on some of your sites underneath the meta description where you list that 140 character description of what your article's about that shows up in the search engine results. You may have a box underneath that for meta keywords. And the primary article that I utilized for the research for this episode was current as of this year from a couple of months back. It did talk about meta keywords still being relevant for Bing. And when I did some searching on that, I found that from a couple of years years back that someone said that was not the case. But the article that I found that said meta keywords do make a difference and there was actually a case study that showed increases in rankings by using meta keywords versus not using them. That article was actually after supposedly Bing stopped using meta keywords. So what does this mean? The bottom line is that if you have the option in your theme or when you're doing a post, you underneath your meta description for your post or article, if you have a box there that says meta keywords, go ahead and use that. And what does that mean? What do you put in there? It's similar to tags. If you put tags or if you have tags on your post where you put different search terms. So for example, if you're doing a post about a Nintendo Switch, which is a gaming console from Nintendo, their latest gaming console, people might be searching for Super Mario Odyssey or they might be searching for Super Mario Kart or different controllers for the Nintendo Switch. And if those are things you touch on in your article, if you were doing a review of the Nintendo Switch for the upcoming holiday season, you would want to tag those items so that if anybody was searching for those terms, they might come across your article. And even though your title of your article might be Nintendo Switch Review, but if you have a review of Super Mario Odyssey or you mention that and you put links to different products or controllers they might use, those are things that you might want to mention as tags that show up actually in your article somewhere, most likely at the bottom or in the side. Or if you have the field for meta keywords, put those in there as well. It's not going to hurt anything if you don't have that field, don't worry about it. But if you do happen to have that available, go ahead and put those different phrases that relate to your article in that field. Not going to spend any more time on that because the jury is out on whether or not that's relevant. But if you have the field, go ahead and spend a couple seconds, put them in your tags and put them in that meta keyword field if available. So that number three item was just pay attention to on-page SEO as far as your title, your description goes, any H1, H2 headings, and make sure you're naming your images that you include in your posts relevant to the content. So name that. If your review is about a Nintendo Switch, put Nintendo Switch review.jpg or something else that's relevant to the article that you're creating. That all helps with SEO and it's all very relevant for Bing. Number four is paying attention to bounce rate. And this is relevant for Bing, Yahoo, and Google. So if you've already been doing this, great. If not, this is something you want to pay attention to. Obviously, when they rank something in their search engine, they want to see that somebody clicks through, either spend some time 
time on that article or clicks through to the final offer and they don't return to their search engine to look for more results. So ideally, if you have a review about a Nintendo Switch, somebody finds you and bang, clicks on your article, they want to see that they spend some time, maybe a couple of minutes on that site. Maybe you have a video on there, uh, some sort of audio link. Anything that can help keep people on your site longer is going to help you in terms of ranking. And that's true whether you use Bing and Yahoo or use Google. They want to see people are finding relevant results and that's kind of how they track that. Time on site. If somebody were to click on your article and then five seconds later hit the back button and go on to the next article, that would kind of indicate that your article wasn't as relevant as something else. If they click back, went to the next article in the link and spent five minutes on their page where they only spent five seconds on yours, that's going to tell them that most likely the other article is more relevant than yours and you're probably either going to be penalized or the other site's going to be rewarded for somebody spending more time. So that's something you want to be aware of. Try to keep people on your site longer by providing them the relevant content they're looking for. Longer form content helps in that aspect and anything you can do as far as keeping um, people on your site watching videos that are embedded in your content, audio that they can only get to by listening to it on your page. Those are all sort of things that you can do to help your content rank higher and to keep that bounce rate lower. And the next item, number five, is backlinks. And when it comes to backlinks on Bing and Yahoo, certain things that are no longer as relevant in Google are still 100% relevant here. And when it comes to those backlinks, uh, as far as Google's concerned, they want to see a natural backlink profile. So they want to see a lot of links that might just link to your main website. They want to see a lot of links that don't necessarily have anchor text in those links. They want to see a lot of diverse links, so links from different sources. And more importantly these days, they want to see links from high authority websites and websites that are relevant to the content that you're putting out there. Certainly all those things would also work when it comes to Bing and Yahoo, but something else that still works that doesn't work as much anymore in Google is having anchor text in your backlinks. So maybe you have multiple websites and you have a couple of different blogs and you share links on those sites like I used to when I was more publishing on my personal blog, which I haven't done in a long time. But anytime I would put out posts on one site, I would put in my personal blog, I would create an article on there. I would put backlinks in there so that I would be giving myself backlinks because I have these other sites out there. So why not? The more backlinks, the better. And when you do those backlinks, you can specify what text you link to. So for example, if I have a personal blog and I'm going to link to that article that I have on Nintendo Switch Review, I would put Nintendo Switch Review right in the anchor text so that when somebody clicked on that link, it said Nintendo Switch Review right in the link, then that took you to the article on the other website. That's what's called putting anchor text in your backlink. Sometimes when you put backlinks out there, you may have a link that says click here for more details about the Nintendo Switch or and the only thing that's actually the link is click here. So that's pretty common. So that anchor text would be click here, but that's not really keyword relevant. What we're saying here is having the anchor text in that link is more relevant on Bing and Yahoo, and that does add more credence and it does help you rank better. So if you are putting your own links on other content you have out there, or if you are doing reciprocal backlinks, you're doing guest posts, or you're asking for links from other people that you might know, or you're making comments on other people's websites where you can include links, Use anchor text if you want to help yourself rank on Bing and Yahoo that is relevant to the content. 
So if you are going to put a link out there and you were going to put click here, you're going to just link to your main article or your main website. Instead, link directly to that content and put keyword relevant anchor text in that link. So again, that's something that did used to have value in Google and still can over time, but they like to see a more diverse profile and they want to see links from high authority websites. The higher, the better. That can help you rank in Google. But another thing when it comes to those backlinks and sources of backlinks for Bing and Yahoo, .edu links, .gov links, and .org links have more importance than just regular everyday links from .com and other places that you might get backlinks from. So if you're like me, you remember way back in the day, years and years ago, .edu and .gov links used to be the holy grail. If you could get links from an educational website or a university or a government website, those would give you a ton of value and help your content rank higher. Over time, that has lost value when it comes to Google, but for Bing and Yahoo, the information that I found in the research for this podcast episode, those links are still very valuable and they actually add some additional value. So if you can get links from a university, if you're enrolled in a university, if you know somebody that's enrolled in the university, or you can search for university websites that are relevant to your particular topic, or they have content on their site about that, and you could contact the author of those articles on those websites, and you could get .edu, .gov, or .org links that would go a long way to helping you rank in Bing or Yahoo. And the good thing is .org are really easy to get. You can register websites.org all you want, and you could have your own website. You could create a website there to get some links from .org websites. And there's a, probably a ton of different websites out there in your particular niche that are .org. So you could search for those things, find those, comment on those particular websites. Those should be relatively easy to get. Still .edu or .gov websites would be harder, but you could go out there and do some of the old school things that people used to do, like I mentioned. Find articles that are related to the topic, that there's a lot of university websites where people have personal websites that may have articles on your related niche that you could ask for a link for, you could comment on those posts, possibly, probably a lot more difficult to get those links. But that's something to be aware of when it comes to backlinks. Those backlinks do add some more value on Bing and Yahoo, and it is very important to have that anchor text, keyword relevant anchor text in those links if you have control over that. And just one quick caveat that I wanted to mention, you don't want to over-optimize. So if you currently don't have any backlinks, your site is relatively new, you don't want to go out there on various blogs and put direct links to all of your content and have them be the same keyword rich anchor text. So let's say Nintendo Switch review. You wouldn't want to have 10 backlinks to your article or your website and have them all be the same thing because then potentially your backlink profile would look unnatural in the eyes of Google. So you don't want to overdo it. But what we're saying here is if you don't currently have many backlinks and you're going to go out there and try to get some backlinks by making comments on other websites and things like that, where it's possible, have some backlinks that have anchor text that is keyword rich, is relevant to the content that you're linking to, because that will benefit you in the eyes of Bing and Yahoo especially, and it's not gonna hurt you in the eyes of Google as long as you don't overdo it. And the next item, number six, is that social signals and social sharing help. That's hard to say. So when it comes to social media, all the different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, things, places that you can get different links from, all those do matter and all those do help when it comes to Bing and Yahoo. And it's debatable how much they factor in when it comes to Google, and nobody knows exactly how 
much the ranking factor is going to be. But the information that I found on this topic is it says that social sharing does help and it does positively affect your ranking factors when it comes to being in Yahoo. So something to pay attention to there. And the last item number seven is that page speed is not a ranking factor for Bing and Yahoo, at least as of the latest information that I had for this article, which was really interesting to me. And they're focusing more on content. And the idea there is that if your site is not 100% optimized, but still contains the relevant information, and it takes two or three seconds longer for somebody to view that content, in terms of Bing and Yahoo, you're not going to get a penalty for that. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. If you think about the demographics we were talking about and the idea that most people that utilize Bing and Yahoo are using just the defaults on their computer, it's probably not going to be the end of the world if a site takes three to four seconds to load versus one second. It's not going to cause somebody to click off in many cases. They're just going to continue on and they're, as long as they get the content that they want, life is good. So I like the idea. I like the idea that if your site isn't 100 percent optimized or you're responding in sub millisecond time that you're not penalized for that and I just thought that was an interesting last tip to put in there and it there's nothing for you to really do there it's always still best to utilize the least number of plugins that you can and do your best to keep your site load times as low as you can as far as things that you have control over but in a lot of cases that's dependent on your web host and other things like that so the good part is if your site isn't the fastest in the world it can still rank really well on Bing and Yahoo. So now I'll just quickly summarize those seven items for you here. The first was to go out to Bing and type site colon your site dot whatever to make sure that your site is indexed. Second step was to go out to Bing Webmaster Tools and to put your sitemap out there so that Bing can find all of your content. Number three was that SEO, on-page SEO specifically, is very important. Make sure you optimize your titles, your descriptions, your H1 and H2 tags, and make use of the meta description and meta keywords box if you have it there. Number four was to pay attention to bounce rate. Do whatever you can as far as long-form content goes. Put videos out there, put audio, anything you can do to keep people on your page, that'll help keep that bounce rate down and that is a positive ranking factor. Number five is backlinks using anchor text specifically. If you have control over those backlinks that you're putting out there, make sure that you use relevant keyword rich anchor text. That definitely does help. And also try to get links from .edu, .gov, or .org domain names. Number six is that social signals and social sharing are relevant and helpful. And number seven is that page speed is not a ranking factor when it comes to Bing and Yahoo. So hopefully this information was useful, give you some actionable tips that you can do today to help you rank in Bing and Yahoo and bring in some additional free organic traffic that is not subject to the daily whims of Google. It's definitely worth checking out, especially if you have any amount of desktop traffic that goes to your various websites. Put some of these steps in place today and reap the benefits down the road. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Don't forget to check out that post, nichesitetools.com forward slash Black Friday, where you'll get all the latest affiliate marketing and internet marketing deals. And I hope you have an awesome couple of weeks between now and the next episode. Bye-bye now.